Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. Hey, everyone. We have a really exciting episode this week that we want to share with you. Uh, Elizabeth and I were recently in Michigan spending some time with some dear friends, Emerson and Sarah Igrich. Emerson wrote the book called Love and Respect, which has been such an incredible help to millions upon millions of marriages around the world and this dynamic of love and respect. And so we know that having a healthy marriage is the beginning of being an intentional parent. It's like the rebar that we put in the foundation of our home. It gives it extra strength. And so uh, we were out in Michigan visiting Emerson and Sarah, just catching up on marriage and life. And we pulled out the recorder and captured some amazing conversations about love and respect and also about love and respect in the family, specifically with parents and kids. And so uh, we apologize for the lower audio quality, but the content is just so rich. We had to share it. So hope you enjoy these episodes. Uh, welcome. We are with Emerson Egrich again. Um, we are at Emerson's house in Michigan, just loving this moment. Been learning about all the different crafts and coffee. I've really been appreciating the coffee uh, scene over here. Emerson mm-hmm. has coffee three times a day. I'm, he's a man after my own heart. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. loving it. Um, and real wisdom. He goes half decaf so he doesn't go caffeine overload. I like that wisdom. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I'm taking that back with me to Portland to be able to ingest even more coffee. So thank you for that. Um, if you missed uh, the last episode, I just encourage you to stop what you're doing and go listen to the last episode. We talked yeah. about love and respect and marriage and uh, sexual intimacy and a handful of things that were just really, really helpful for building a strong, healthy marriage, especially as young parents. Uh, but today we actually wanted to jump into a topic that is honestly so helpful in the dynamic of family and love and respect really in the family. And I know you've written a book on this, which I'd love to hear about, but maybe just start us off in this space of uh, love and respect in the family and some of the dynamics that we've been talking through. Well, actually, uh, I had my doctorate in family studies, and um, my original intent was to write stuff on the family, but then I made a decision early on that I was going to wait until my kids were adults so they could speak back into it, the yeah. good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. So mm. the, the Love and Respect in the Family was really going to be my first book, but I waited on it. Um, and But these concepts are in the scripture as well as the research. And uh, so that book is um, uh, later. And, but it deals with what does the scripture say to parents about parenting? And um, because I had the privilege of studying the Bible 30 hours a week for nearly 20 years, I looked at every passage in the Old and wow. New Testament dealing with parenting and looked at those that would apply to the Christ follower in the New Testament, primarily post-resurrection. Okay. And so, uh, because not every portion of the Old Testament would apply, yeah. you know, 
take your child out and stone them. You know, kind of thing. We're not going <laughs> to. I've never had that desire. Do that. I've never had that desire. You know, no one's ever but, had uh, that desire. So they're, you know, obviously I really worked hard though at trying to figure that out. And we put together, uh, it's, it's always important to me, it helps me. I know Jesus talked about you wouldn't give a stone to, you know, your son who asked for a fish. You know, yeah. so they, the parents are to be giving to meet the needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul says in two places, don't exasperate your children, don't frustrate them, Ephesians and Colossians. Yeah. So I put yeah. that in the category of understanding your children. Yes. You don't expect a four-year-old to jump over a 10-foot wall. You know, it's just it's not going to happen. Yes. You're yeah. going to exasperate. Yes. You're going to, you know, provoke them. Um, is it put in an acronym called GUIDES, G-U-I-D-E-S. So giving, understanding. Uh, Paul says in Ephesians, bring your children up in the instruction of the Lord. That's mm-hmm. the I. Uh, G-U-I-D and he says there discipline them bring them up in the discipline of the Lord mm. uh, Paul said I came to you as a mother who tenderly cares for children and encouraged you that the mm. E is encouragement and then you see all the children being brought to Jesus to pray you know over them in supplication so G-U-I-D-S I'm to be a giving parent an understanding mm. parent an instructing parent a disciplining parent an encouraging parent and a supplicating parent yes and in fact they even said that to Phil yeah. Years ago. And then I said, you know, you've got the physical, you've got the emotional, you've got the spiritual, you've got the volitional, you've got the um, social, you encourage, give them courage to, to do what they're supposed to do yes. in the world. And then you've got the spiritual supplication. He said, whoa, that's the whole person. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Isn't it interesting? Mm-hmm. God's word that I quoted, it gives us a picture a of the picture. whole thing. Yes. But it raised that question, how do you do those things? And yeah. when do you do those things? And can you give too much? Can you give too little? Mm-hmm. Can you be a pseudo-counselor, understand way too much, or you yeah. understand too little? Yeah. Over-instruct, under-instruct. And so in the Love Respect book, I unpack how to do these things as best mm-hmm. you can. And mm-hmm. my adult kids spoke back into that where we failed, where you know, and I, things that I thought I did horrible, they didn't remember, and yeah. things that I did horrible that I couldn't recall. But that was a... There were a couple wow. times I didn't want to write the book because I thought, wow, I had no idea, you know. So they are the oh, ones wow. who endorse it. The, the Jonathan, David, and Joy, yeah. all adults endorse the love and respect. Now, how old, are your, how old are your kids? Uh, Jonathan is a clinical psychologist uh, who works with love and respect. He's 43. They may not be wanting me to give their ages anymore. <laughs> David, who does most of our videotaping, has motivity pictures. He's 41. And Joy, who uh, for years did our conferences, started Love and Respect Now, and is my agent. She is uh, uh, in her 30s. I won't even give Yeah, she's in her early 30s, 29 probably. Um, And Joy just had her her first first baby. Millie. Millie. And they live in France currently. Paris, France. France. Yeah, we were, we FaceTimed her for a minute yesterday and got to see Millie swimming in a little... A little uh, yes. bath, bath on yes. the balcony, and she goes, uh, and I said, "Is that you know, we were FaceTiming?" I was like, "Is that the Eiffel Tower in, in <laughs> exactly. the background?" She's like, "Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. that's just right from our. Yeah. We can see that from our balcony." I was like, "What a life right now!" So, yes. so they've been in Paris, but um, yeah. So so that so you had three kids of your own, have three kids of your own, and um, and how long have you and Sarah been married now? Nineteen seventy three. So how many years is that? That's going to be going on 46. Wow. I mean, we give out door prizes at our Love and Respect Marriage Conferences for those who have been married the longest. And I said, I think we're going to win our own door prizes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So you've had a lot of time and uh, you're raising your kids primarily in the 80s and 90s. Was mm-hmm. that kind of like the, the main time? Yeah. So um, I know that Elizabeth and you had been talking about some topics. Honey, why don't you take it from? Yeah. So you guys, your oldest are boys. You have two mm-hmm. boys. 
And you um, talk a lot about, and now you've written a book about, um, this love and respect dynamic between a mother and son. Mm -hmm. And how can a mother show respect towards her son, even when he's young, and motivate him out of that versus our natural tendency is to unknowingly be disrespectful. And this was this has just been eye-opening to me recently. We have um, one boy who will be 10 this summer, and I've noticed... Um, especially as of late, we've just been kind of wrestling through some things with him and he's an intense, strong personality. He has been since he was a toddler, which we love about him, but it can create some challenges in parenting. He's a leader. And I've been finding that my, when he becomes angry or has an outburst, you know, the bigger he gets, the larger those get. And my first natural tendency is to control him, is to pounce on it because I want to really make sure we deal with these behaviors. And I've been watching him respond to that, not how I would hope. And he either deflates, and you just see his spirit deflate and withdraw, and he kind of goes inward, or he becomes more upset. And I've been just kind of wrestling with, man, I, what I'm doing is not working, mm-hmm. but I don't know what else to do until we came here a couple days ago to visit you. And I just feel like you've been so helpful in helping me navigate a new language for talking to him. So I know I'm not alone in that with other moms. So could you speak to that? Like, how do we do this respect thing towards our sons? Mm-hmm. Give us the title of the book first. So well, it's Mother and it. Son, The Respect Effect. <coughs> the respect mother effect. and Son, The Respect Effect. And mm-hmm. yes. when we've, we've been doing the Love and Respect Conference since 1999. And uh, we talk about the male need to feel respected for who he is. In fact, Shawnee yeah. Feldhahn did a national survey of the American male, and it was profound uh, decision analyst out of Houston did the research. They were so blown away by this finding and all the findings. They ran these things again because they couldn't believe. But one of the questions, and Shawnee asked me, said, should I ask this? And the question is, would you men rather be left alone and unloved in the world or be viewed as inadequate and disrespected by everyone? Mm-hmm. Again, would you rather be left alone and unloved in the world or be viewed as inadequate and disrespected by everyone? Almost three quarters of the men said they'd rather be left alone and unloved in the world. Wow. See, and I didn't compute to Shawnee, and it doesn't compute to a lot of women. Yeah. It's not that we want a choice between the two. No. We're given a choice. Yeah. But now the question is, is that because men are narcissistic, or God has hardwired men differently? Men serve and die for honor, and men are very sensitive to the message. You know what? I find you, sir, husband, son, inadequate right now as a human being, and I'm communicating in a way that is sending you a message. I really don't feel any respect for you because I really don't. I don't like you right now, and I really don't. But I love you a ton. Yeah. And love is the trumping card. Uh, that The fact that I love you should then make all things okay. Yeah. No. For a male, that is not the case. In fact, mm-hmm. for any other reason, this one is the most important. He knows mom loves him. Because mm-hmm. I say to uh, men know that their wives love them. His mother loved them. Yeah. But men are very vulnerable to the message. Because I feel alone as a woman, and I feel unloved as a wife, you're inadequate, and I don't respect you. Those are four ingredients to just shut a man down. Yeah. Or infuriate him because it's so unjust and so mm-hmm. dishonoring. Pat Riley had me come speak to the Miami Heat. He and I spent several hours talking about how men respond to the perception that this is not fair, that this isn't just, and that you don't honor me. And when men feel dishonored and unjustly treated, they are going to either just be defeated and de- deflating. You'll see it like in, sometimes with Duke when you see him mm-hmm. do that, or he'll become furious. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is where we then have to step back and ask ourselves, is there something intrinsically wrong with boys 
and we need to medicate them and make them more like girls because mm. those who subscribe to the evolutionary worldview is that we're evolving and we need to socialize. We need to introduce whatever we can to change that trajectory. Or as believers, Jesus said, have you not read? You made them from the beginning, mm. made them male and female. Yeah. And I was not raised in a Christian home. So I came to a point where I made a decision. I trust Christ here. Mm. And that Duke, your son, is a male. And he is going to process. There's a common humanity. But we have to then step back and say, well, if my son is deflating, and I love my son, and I know he's a good-hearted kid, so what's going on? Does he have a serious problem? And maybe he does. Mm. Then on the flip side of it, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's interpreting these events through a blue grid, not a pink grid. And he's interpreting, we talked about sibling situations, mm-hmm. that you'll see a son get very irritated toward the younger daughter, let's say, who's yeah. she wants his attention. Yeah. And we every woman knows that. She's provoking, she's teasing her brother because she wants his yeah. attention. And she'll get that attention any way she <laughs> yeah, can. That is 100% our dynamic yeah. with our older And, and it happens. And yeah. so she comes in, he's got a Lego, she smashes the Legos thing or whatever. And well, the boy's infuriated and just pushes her or just... Is, And so now what do we do? We come after the boy because what she did pales in comparison to his reaction. Mm -hmm. But if you put it on the framework that it's very important that things are fair and just Mm -hmm. and that you don't do things that are dishonoring to another person. And if someone came into the home to kill the wife, this isn't fair. You shouldn't be in my home and you're not going to desecrate or dishonor. I, I will Fight to the death. Yeah. Yes, you, you see what happens to the So that's extremely virtuous. Yeah. But then it's not virtuous if a boy gets extremely upset over what he thinks as a 10-year-old is yes. an unjust, unfair, dishonoring thing. And he's his righteous indignation. Now, yes. he needs to learn how to interpret whether that was the intent. Yes. You see, your sister adores you. She is trying to get your attention. She's teasing you. She adores you. Now, how does a young man who feels unjustly treated and dishonored, deal with a sister who's ultimately wanting his attention. What she's doing is wrong, and we're going to coach her on that. But Duke, could you be wrong in feeling that she's trying to be unfair to you and try to dishonor you when really she's seeking your attention, your love, your care? So should we really get reactionary to your sister when she's really just wanting something from you that's really a compliment to you? Mm. And it's that kind of discussion that needs to take place but that's not going to take place until mom steps back and says my son is deflated here could something have just happened that he felt was very unfair and he felt dishonored he felt inadequate and disrespected yeah you and i talked about that van situation Mm -hmm. where this mother had been at our love and respect conference the younger daughter is in the van her older son he's like 10 and maybe eight And the eight-year-old girl asked mom a question about history. And so she asked her mother and the son knew the answer. So he just, uh, he's a good kid. He said, well, here's the answer. She screamed at her brother with contempt. And just, she could see her son just becoming just crushed Mm -hmm. and infuriated. And he goes to the back of the van. She said, every time that happened up to this point, I would rebuke him. I would come at him. Mm -hmm. And she said, I never saw the amount of disrespect my daughter was giving my son. I never saw it. I never saw it. Now, here's what's so precious. Little girls are not intending to be that way. Mm -mm. So she said, instead of me coming at my son and rebuking him, I saw that he went back, which you had said men need to calm down. Mm -hmm. That's why he withdrew. He, he, he He was so upset by this 
Yeah. I, this was so unfair. He was goodwill. He, he was a goodwill. To yeah. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to serve. And suddenly I get slammed here. Like I'm this... See, from if you get into his little brain, mm-hmm. then he's not... This is this is what you want to see happen if someone's coming after you to kill you. You want yeah. that kind of, this is not going to happen on my watch. But when that kicks in in an inappropriate way, then we just mm-hmm. kind of are condescending toward it. We rebuke it. No, we need to understand it's not appropriate, that reaction. But you coach him through that. But until you understand why he's reacting, you won't coach him correctly. Yeah. So this mother said, you know what? I knew he needed to calm down. So I let him calm down a little bit. I let a few minutes pass. I realized what Emerson was saying was right. He needs to calm down because that's why he went to the back. Mm-hmm. Then I said to my daughter, honey, you need to apologize to your brother for the way you talk to him. And here's mm-hmm. what's so precious about little girls. Little girls get it. Yeah. They will apologize. And she immediately, I mean, little girls are so precious and they understand that. And she knew she was out of line. Mm-hmm. The intuition and the ability of the little girl is incredible. Mm-hmm. They're off yeah. the charts genius. So the little girl, I'm sorry. She immediately, she didn't resist it. Very rarely will that ever happen. And the minute then she apologized for being disrespectful, not unloving. Yeah. Being disrespectful. Use that word. Yeah. He he doesn't feel unloved. He knows mom. He knows that he doesn't know. It's disrespect. She apologized for disrespect. And then she said to her son, could you answer that question right now? And he came forward and his spirit was totally changed and gladly did it. And they were good to go. She said, everything's fine. How many times this thing went on between siblings mm. and I didn't have any way to deal it other than basically verbally pouncing on. Yeah. One woman would say, I made my son stand and face his sister and apologize. And I knew it wasn't sincere until one of two things happened. He either just broke down and cried defeated mm. or he became so furious, you know, that I knew yeah. I was getting through that. You're getting through, yeah. You're killing him. You're killing yeah. him. Oh. Uh. And, yeah, and what's the face-to-face that I know we chatted a little bit about uh, when eye contact versus shoulder-to-shoulder, some of that that stuff. Correct. Yeah. In little girls, 400% certain chemicals flood the female so that eye-to-eye contact is just within their nature. Look at a little baby. She's looking, the little girl looking eye contact. Mothers, everybody, all women look eye-to-eye. I just can't not eye-to-eye. But boys are different. And particularly when there's conflict, we look away. Because when you look at someone who's upset with you, it's provocative. Two guys are bad. It just keeps yeah. escalating. So we look away to calm down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mothers are screaming, you look at her right yeah. now. Yeah. Instead of saying, just I said, let the little boy go to his sister and apologize the way he wants to. And he'll go up to her and he'll look away and look down. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. Don't say, mm-hmm. don't say, look at it. Let him do it his own way. There is a time when yeah. you need to say to the boy, look at him eye to eye and, and seek his forgiveness. But yeah. that's usually in a very big, significant area. In these little areas, just let him do it his way. Yeah. But I've coached people, sit on a bed shoulder to shoulder. If you need yeah. to talk to him, and, and you and I were talking about this. Many times we're telling boys what to do. There are experts that I know who are friends who say, ask the boy for a solution. It doesn't mean that you're going to abide by that solution, yeah. but start with a solution. So you sit shoulder to shoulder and say, you're becoming an honorable, you are an honorable young man. And I see more and more of this, but help me understand something. You, you just really got kind of ugly with your sister and you really said some things that were, you're an honorable man. Help me understand why you, an honorable young man, would say that. And can you help me as we move forward? What would be a solution to do this differently? Yeah. Now, it's very important to have a conversation because most mothers look at the boy and say to him, you need to be nice. Mm. And I'm going to just tell you, if you keep telling boys to be nice, that's too effeminate to them. That's not going to get through to them. It doesn't, he doesn't, 
He doesn't not know what it means to be nice. He knows what nice is. He didn't but that's, have a felt need for nice. Well, it, it's, it's your language. It's your <laughs> yeah. language. Boys yeah. aren't sitting around. Let's be nice with each other. That, that's not masculine to us. <laughs> it no. doesn't, doesn't. But if you say, do the honorable thing, which is going to manifest itself as being nice. Absolutely, yeah. Use the language that's right. You know, if you, if you say to a woman, um, you know, be tough. Be tough here. Don't cry. Well, you know. But hey, honey, you did the love. It's just do the loving thing here. Push through and do the loving thing here. It's not fair to you, but you have this caring push Mm -hmm. through. You can do this. You can do this. You have it within you. Don't, you know, now that's a poor analogy that I just came up with. But my point is if you get in tune with the the, the deeper need, the deeper Mm -hmm. value, the deeper virtue of that person, and you appeal to it. So you said you want the boy to be nice? Say, help me understand as an honorable man what would be the honorable thing to do the next time with your sister. And I tell me what you think, and um, and then if he gives a pretty good, that's pretty wise. Don't tell him. Okay, now you needed to. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Just yeah. I think we have this idea that I got to say everything perfectly, everything right, and then and, and one of the things I've recognized: mothers are moment by moment. So if everything is good right now, I'm happy. If things are not good right now, I'm not happy. <laughs> that's not the way you want to function. We've got to yeah. then kind of just live with some of this tension. But don't feel like I'm not going to feel good about this conversation with my son until he gives me the perfect right answer to that. Maybe it's not the best. Hey, that's not a bad. Think about that for a while and then just exit. You're going to do more that. Or like I say, if you're trying to get through to your two boys who are fighting with each other too much right there and you're you're, you're lecturing, I said, stop the dinner. They're out there playing catch in the backyard. Go out, get a chair, sit there. No phone, nothing distracting, no recipe books, and just watch them for 15 minutes and don't say one word. And I said, yeah. you watch what happens. There is an energy that just floods into their soul. Mom's mere presence without talking, watching them. That's why little boys, watch me, mom, watch me. Mom. And mothers would say to me, I think he wanted me to play with him. But he said, no, I don't want you to play with me. And then I start to, no, watch me. He, she, this mother was saying, impressed. I was trying to figure out where that, yeah. what, what is it that he's asking of me right now? Your presence without yeah. talking energizes him, which makes no sense of connectivity to a female. Yeah. You talk in order to connect. If there's no talking, there will be no connection. This 15 minutes sitting here watching these two boys play catch is a waste of my time. That is an utter <laughs> wrong conclusion. Yeah. And here's what happens. Now, are you suddenly going to have this wonderful conversation with him? No, here's what happened. Now, it's 15 minutes later. You've got dinner ready. Hey, boys, dinner's ready. Hey, I need you to f- make your bed that you forgot and please wash your hands. It is done, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Why? You're, because you're right. there, there, right. there, there's an energy. And so what yeah. I'm trying to say to mothers, the way in which you connect is not the way your boy, yes. from ages four on up, he begins to change. Now that little boy's there and there will be these precious moments, but here's what happens. When these shoulder to shoulder things happen, and this is, this is a beautiful thing, it's not that they aren't going to talk, that's when they'll start talking. Absolutely. Yeah. Deborah Tannen does this research on what they call these dyads, these pairs, two six-year-old girls, best of friends. Two six-year-old boys, best of friends. Two 12-year-old girls, best of friends. Two uh, 12-year-old boys. 16, 16, and then in the 20s, right? Yeah. So they had the diets. They took two girls, brought them into a room, sat there by themselves. And they said, we'll be back in just a moment. They wanted to see what the boys and girls, men and women, would do. And there were two chairs there. They would turn the chairs toward each other, and the girls would lean forward and start talking. Or they would cross their legs if they were sitting inside, and they but they all four dyads of the females turn toward each other, look at each other from the age of six in the twenties, talking. Yeah. Then they wanted to see what the dyads of the boys, six-year-olds, yeah. every the boys sat in the chairs except the six-year-old boys who never sat in the chairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, but the the boys sat shoulder to shoulder, 
They did push-up competitions or anything? Yeah, they, they, just, they were supposed to wait. It was just a few minutes. Oh, God. They wanted to sat there. And then they wanted to know who had the most intimate of conversations. The linguists were there. It was the 16-year-old boys. They ah. were talking. They were best of friends now. No, tell shoulder me about shoulder, this. Yeah, no, this is... With a one glance, nodded. See, when men are best... See, people think men don't want to talk. Men want to talk about what they're feeling, but not with people who are going to shame them, yeah. lecture them, maternally, you know, tell them that they ought not to feel this way. But if there is a friendship, yeah. and I sense you're my friend, like watching mom's out, she's my friend. Uh-huh. That's mom's our friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to respond when I sit. Now, it's not a popularity contest. And the boy's not wanting mom to be a, a, a boy, but yeah. there's that healthy, it's like, yeah. I'm not I'm not being viewed as this little, no. see, I'm, you're, you're almost saying he's, you're a man. You're, you're, yes. you're a man. I respect you. Yeah, I respect you. Yeah. I respect you. And I like the way you're throwing that ball. That was wow, the way you caught that, you know. And so then there is this tenderness in the heart. And, and I've had mother after mother who wrote me all these stories, how this one mother came to the conference and I talked about, you know, she was going to apologize. She was going to pick her son up from a camp or the grandparents and was going to talk all the way home about all the mistakes she's made. <laughs> and then she realized, wait a minute, I don't think that's what Emerson would have me do. He'd have me just kind of be quiet and not say anything. Mm. And she said, the minute he got in the car, he said, I'm, I'm tired, mom. I'm going to get in the back of the station wagon and sleep. And she said, I knew why he's doing that. He was avoiding me because I always asked the hundred questions mm. to pull him out yeah. to connect because yeah. we need to connect. I need to know what he's doing. That's your need. That's not necessarily his need as a boy. Girls may be a little bit different. So she said, you know what, I, I, I didn't have a sulky attitude because I know how to do that. I just was quiet. Mm-hmm. It wasn't but five minutes. He said, you know what, I'm not tired, mom. And he got up in the front seat and turned on the radio. And she said, I still wasn't saying anything. And she said, well, that's great. Yeah. Just letting him be. She said, I just, this is what she, in capital letters, be. I just let, let him be. be. Mm-hmm. And then she said, we're driving. This is a several hour thing. Suddenly he turns off the radio and he tells me something about what he's thinking. And then he tells wow. me. And then he turns the radio back on. A few minutes later, he turned it off. And she said, he began to tell me things that happened two years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he's like, he was 13, 13 years old. She said, when we got home a couple hours later, he skipped out of the car into the house. And she said, I was skipping too. Yeah. 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 Because that whole connection had gone out the window. Yeah. And this little tool caused her to reconnect with that boy who's there. Yeah. Right? She said, another wow. woman talked about how they have the swing set in the back. Mm. The boy doesn't swing in the swing set. He's too old for that now. Yeah. But the other day, he was coming out the door and he was, he was, there were some things going on and I'd been practicing this thing. Mm-hmm. And he said, mom, do you want to go swing with me? Oh, oh, wow. And she said, I knew exactly what he meant. Yeah. yeah. Just be with me shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. 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 See, this brings healing to the soul of yeah. the boy. But yeah. somehow, and God is hardwired. Women are not wrong for the way they feel. They're just different. Yeah. Women feel you have to say things. Yeah. Words have to be present. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah. But not little boys. Little boys, at least beginning-wise, they just need to know that I, you, you like. Yeah. And then he'll open up. And then they want yeah. to talk. And, and I, that has so proven true with our oldest. That is mm. totally him. And he... he is perfectly comfortable and energized by just being in the same room and not talking. That's mm-hmm. like his preferred, he would prefer to play in the same room with me, but not talk to me that, and that he feels connected by that. And I, thankfully I'm introverted. So I actually do as well, but I, you know, I found even with him, there's times when we do need to talk about something because he's, um, you know, had a behavior that is inappropriate or things are kind of escalated 
And a few times I've tried not knowing what to do. Then, okay, buddy, do you want to talk about this right now? Or do you want to wait and talk about this in 15 minutes? And most of the time he says, I want to wait. And then occasionally he just wants to get it over with. And he, you know, we talk about it right then. But even that, I just feel like it's been so helpful of just let, letting us kind of talk on his terms, not in the extent of, you know, he may never want to talk, so we just don't talk about it, but just saying, hey, here are the options. I respect you enough for you to choose when we're going to Well, and this is an excellent point, and we need to highlight what you're saying. Yeah. We're not saying you don't talk to the boy, you yes. don't confront the boy. Yeah, you were but... so helpful yesterday when we talked about this. Of and, and, and really what we're talking about is learning a language of respect. And what was hugely eye-opening to me is teaching our daughters a language of respect. That was, I mean, I just, I can't wait to get home with my kids to start this process. But I mean, how huge would that be if you taught your daughters this language before they were ever married, before they ever had sons? I mean, that would be huge. But, you know, you were saying you can still, when you have a strong-willed son who's maybe had a moment of rage towards his three-year-old sister, I mean, theoretically speaking, this, yeah. This, <laughs> this has I never think, happened. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. no yeah. it does happen. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it's an issue that you really need to come down hard on because it's totally not okay. You know, you can still be intense and, you know, really um, directive to the behavior without being disrespectful. So you gave kind of some examples right. of the words, what words do you use when that happens? When right. You've got to correct the behavior right then and there. There isn't the time maybe to let it go a few hours. That's right. How do you do that? Well, and there are a couple of things that are going on in that illustration, both what you said there and before. The, the idea is if you're doing these shoulder-to-shoulder things, for instance, you're making huge deposits that yeah. don't seem to be deposits as a woman, but just trust me, yeah, they they're are. huge deposits. So when you need to make the withdrawal, and you will need to make the withdrawal, you won't bankrupt the relationship. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying here? Yeah. Yeah. The boys will be much more tender. They will be much more responsive to the rebuke that needs to come to their behavior, not to their, their heart, their spirit. Mm-hmm. But then secondly... There is, how do you word yourself when this time of confrontation and correction is necessary? And as I say, this is not a robotic thing. You can be very emotional, but you have to be very discerning on the word choice. So it's something like this. I am so angry right now. You're one of the most honorable young men I know. And I think I believe in you more than anybody believes in you. And I think I believe in you more than you believe in yourself. Right now, I'm very upset. But explain to me how you, an honorable man, who I know would die for me if someone tried to hurt me, but right now... Help me understand why you, an honorable young man, would push your three-year-old. Help me understand this. I'm not trying to diss you right now. I love you with all my heart, and I believe in you. Help me understand this. Yeah. You see, yeah. I, you're not you're not yeah. holding back any of that no. emotion. But notice yeah. how the word choice. It's honorable. This is yeah. why I say, women say, how can guys subject themselves to that coach who yells and screams at them? Listen <laughs> yeah. to the word choice. Yeah. They're yeah. calling them just as are. women. Yeah, we get men get really ups, tense when they the sisters are all in a cat fight. We 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 get very unnerved by that. Hmm. But all the women know what's going on. <laughs> you know this is going to lead to. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but you're getting it out. You come as what we call full circle. It's it, there is this relationship. Something happened. You're upset with each other. You vent. Both can talk at the same time because your your brain can collect that. Then one says, "Well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that." Well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Well, will you forgive me? I forgive you. The question is, will you forgive me? Of course. Then we hug. Then one's witty. She says something funny. Everybody's laughing, and they go back to it. It's what we call the ocean of emotion that women feel very comfortable with, and it, it, and you bring things full circle. Yeah. Men don't like that. 
They don't feel comfortable with that. In the same way, women don't feel comfortable watching the coach scream at their son. But you got to listen to what the coach is saying. You're the best football player I've ever had. But where was your head on that? You're going to make more money than I in one week in the NFL than I could make in a lifetime. But that was the dumbest play on the planet. You see what he's doing? It's different. It's different. And and it's. Wow, uh, I'm just I'm listening primarily processing what's happening, and I I feel like if for so many, you know, this is particularly for moms and sons. But what a what a gift I think to some of your boys, and you know, even as a dad, I think fathers need to have this with their sons, and maybe we're more natural to say to, to maybe instinctually give that to our boys, you know, give them space and all that. But I know even as a dad, I can do the thing that. Uh, any parent does where you're you're pressing for the the answers you know you use the idea of if my son went to a camp and I was picking him up I'd, I'd be curious because I'm a dad who cares and and more of a verbal processor than he is and I like talking more than he does I would say tell me about your time like how was it so I, I do think it's not only something that's I think this is for both parents I'm, I'm saying I really sense that there's a language and a, and a beauty and an honor for moms but I also see that as fathers we can do that with our boys as well and learning that honor like respecting our sons uh interestingly enough we were here and uh i got a call yesterday i needed to address something that had come up with duke and it was nothing crazy it was something along the lines of just not wanting to really like the option alma and pops phil and diane gave him two options and neither option was really he was pumped about and he wasn't saying no he was just kind of arguing the point and diane just kind of she sent me a text and just said hey you know before this escalates why don't you talk to him and i remember getting on the phone and he kind of teared up a little bit we did some facetime and and what was really interesting about that conversation i bring it up only because it makes sense here is is when i was talking to him it was interesting um i did what i've talked about in another podcast before it's like spirit give me wisdom on this one yeah. each you know each dis, each interaction with your kids can be so unique but spirit give me discernment and, you know, what was really going on is he wasn't doing a good job of, of communicating that he didn't feel well. And it was causing him to, you know, some of the options that were given. He wasn't really pumped about it because he didn't feel well. But he didn't know he didn't have the language. He's 10 years old. He's like, I, I don't know. And so we helped identify, okay, you feel sick. You're not feeling well. Because you don't feel well, you're not communicating what you need. Uh, communicate what you need. Just tell them what you need. Uh, you're a great boy. And some of that honoring, like you're a great boy. You're obedient. You know, this is, it's okay that you don't feel well, but you need to communicate. Almost calling them to who we expect them to be. And then right before we got off the phone, it was like, hey, I remember you made this Lego. You, you had texted me through Alma's phone to tell me about this Lego. Tell me about this Lego. And the moment it was like, the moment we, we dealt with the thing, and we're able to just kind of highlight and respect something that he really valued, you know, just like I built this Lego. Uh, he showed me it and his demeanor immediately changed. It was just like this immediate moment. It was a great reminder, like almost respecting his person, how respecting a, a child's uh, person and their perspective, just even in, a, in little ways like that, how it just brings out their their soul. I was, again, surprised by it of how quickly kids just immediately change. They just mm-hmm. like are, they respond to love and respect in such a mm-hmm. deep, deep way. And I, for a long time, didn't think that. Um, and with, you know, thinking as a dad, so I have, I have a boy and three girls. I love my little girl. I love, I love all my kids, actually. But, mm-hmm. uh, but as a dad with little girls, you know, is there things that dads can do? And I'm sure you get this question often. And, uh, 
are there things that dads can do to start instilling some of the the love for their daughters, you know? And I, and I think the, the answer is obviously yes. But um, what does that maybe look like as, as we, we were talking about this topic of moms respecting their sons and how that can like fuel and energize and open up new language? What does it look like for dads that they have little mm-hmm. girls? Well, and I'll answer that. I don't have a full answer, but I'll, I'll respond to that. But back to your illustration with Duke, it's powerful. Notice what you did. You asked him why he was feeling the way. Right. Sometimes we get right on it. Their behavior is unacceptable. So we hammer them, particularly if they're embarrassing us in relation with grandchildren or whatever. We have yeah. a tendency not to get at the why. Joy, my yeah. daughter, has promoted this. She said, Dad, the key is always find out why, 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 why. She she just uh, hammers that. Why, why, why? What What's the reason? What's going on? Kids can make excuses, but you have to, you have to come to a point where you kind of know your child. In this case, you know, you're saying, I don't think he was in tune totally with the fact that he wasn't feeling well. The alternatives weren't necessarily the best. And in and of itself, we feel the same way as adults. You give me two choices now, which I really want. You know, do you want to go out tonight to the pizza place or the tank? You know, I really don't want to go out tonight. And so we don't say, well, grow up, you know, no, we don't. So kids are, you know, little people are, you know, in these bodies. And but you you ask why. And so there's an empathy. Mm -hmm. You weren't just hammering them. And then secondly, what I saw there going on when you asked about the legal, you moved off of the confrontation. We're Mm -hmm. good to go. I'm, yeah. And I'm on to something else. And you sent the message. We're not going to drag this out. One of the things that happens yeah, with boys, good. you know, you, you, this is why I say, come in and out. You don't need to, a half hour with a daughter, maybe a teenage girl, sit on, you end up on the, the bed, both of your legs are crossed, and you talk for the next half hour. Mm-hmm. This And I've had mothers tell me, a medical doctor, female, whose daughter, she said, I'll provoke them intentionally because I know they need to talk. And then she tries that same approach with her son, and it blows up in her mm-hmm. face. You don't, that's yeah. not his need. You got to approach it differently, and then if you get to the point, then let's move off of it. Well, yeah. if I if I get off it too quick, we'll, we'll test it out. Test it out. If in fact he's going to ignore that, if you get off of it quicker. Again, it's not just about how you feel about how the conversation. A lot of times, women will say our relationship is wonderful. She's about her husband. Yeah. We're talking about everything. Well, I say how you <laughs> feel about the relationship. Is that how he feels about the relationship? Yeah. yeah. And so it's important we understand there's two people in these dynamics. Yeah. There's a son and there's a mother. Now, also back to the mother-son, I mean, or mother-daughter, father-daughter, yeah. you have this uh, plethora of, of literature out there. Of there course. is no book on mother-son and the respect effect. The number one need I believe a boy has is to feel the respect yes. for who he is, apart from his performance, what we call unconditional positive regard toward his spirit. Not talking about respecting bad oh, behavior. That's great. We're talking yes. about my attitude toward his spirit while yes. I'm confining things that are not respectable. Yes. Following. Yeah. It's unconditional positive regard toward his spirit. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Yep. But there's no book that I know of that has any index on father, or excuse me, mother, uh, son book. And there are yep. very few out there anyway. Absolutely. But there's nothing that addresses the boy's need to feel honored for who he is. And that's the very thing that causes you and me to serve and die for honor. We can miss things. And on the mother, uh, uh, daughter, or the father, daughter, there's a plethora of stuff out there for that. A ton of stuff. And so you have all of this information out there. But now to your question, it's very, very important. And this is why so excited. It's so simple. If a dad just says to himself, look, am I coming across to my daughter in a way that feels loving to her right now or not? I'm confronting her. But if she feels that I'm not coming across in a loving way, yeah. you're not going to get through to her. Oh, and this, yeah. But it's, 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 it's the flip side of that is that if she senses that you care, on any given day, if she's in her teenage, she's going to melt down, she's going to be verbally disrespectful. And I say to adult daughters, and this is very important, a lot of adult daughters think that their dad doesn't love them. And I said, I want you to think back in your teenage years. Did you send messages of contempt and disrespect toward your dad? And he's a good guy, but maybe he doesn't know these dynamics. 
Did he just kind of shut down and pull back from you? Yeah. I said, here's what I want you to do. Write a respect note to him. Say, Dad, I was thinking all the things about you I respect. Let's come up with six to 12 and just write out, you know, here's, thank you for this. I, I, you are an auto man that did this for me. Auto wow. man, you did this. Now, I'm not talking about if he was sexually abusive and he's a felon. I mean, not to, but he's a good man, but he just, he did not meet your emotional needs that yeah. you wanted as a, as a young girl. Yeah. I've had this again so many times. Just trust me here. This is what happens. She sends it. I said, send it in a note. Don't go to him for because yeah. yeah. Send him a note, a little card, whatever. And then when he gets the card and he's read it, call the mother. Call the, call the wife. Call the mother. Call your mom. <laughs> I, I said, love this tactic. Oh, yeah. I said, what's, what's that? He's reading the card. What's that? He's crying. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh. He's crying. So he's crying. So then I say to these adult girls, I don't believe your dad didn't love you. He mm-hmm. thought you didn't like him or respect him. And so he did the honorable thing by pulling back because he didn't know how to deal with that tongue. Mm-hmm. And so, but you have a daddy wound here that really isn't a daddy wound. And this has brought so much healing. It's, 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 it's yes. incredible. But here's what I say to fathers. You, 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 you'll, you'll see a daughter write a book called, you know, um, uh, uh, Daddy's Little Girl. And she can be 47 years old, right? And mm-hmm. we don't think anything about that because we understand the, the relationship. Yep. Yeah. But you won't have a book called Mommy's Little Boy. No. No guy's going to do that. Yeah. So there is a very high calling that a father has toward his daughter. Yes. Because her relationship with him, as I say to mothers, you're not going to damage your boy. So just relax. Not to the extent that a father can damage his daughter. And because there is a sensitivity here and so on and so forth. So the mothers of boys, you can get a little grace. But whether your son will deal with it is he just won't even engage you. He'll Mm -hmm. just block you out. Right. Whereas the daughter has a very difficult time doing that. And Absolutely. so the power, the influence, the, the high calling, the great privilege that a dad has. And I want to just leave it with a dad listening. You just need to remind yourself because she has the sensitivity. And you're going to think that she's overly reacting. And, and she is. But yeah. she's reading into things that really aren't there. Women are very intuitive and they will read into things. Uh, and so you need to just understand she's going to try to the double meaning. She's going to, it's just the way things are. It's the way her mind processes so you just need to say, is that what I'm about to say or do going to sound or feel loving to my daughter? Yeah. And if you say, well, I've blown it. Just say, honey, I was I was wrong. Will you forgive me for having been unloving? Women are yeah. very forgiving. Yeah. yeah. Very forgiving. There isn't any question in my mind about yeah. that. Just as boys are too. If a mother says, I was dishonoring. I've had mothers toward adult sons say, I, I dishonored you. I suddenly realized, will you forgive me? Thanks, mom. Yeah. Particularly if there's a, a hurt there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it it, 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 the healing can come almost instantaneous mm-hmm. if we speak yeah. their mother tongue. Yeah, you know, but if we try to justify, yeah, it. but if you weren't so ornery, I wouldn't have said that. To yeah, you. If you weren't yeah. such an obnoxious little kid, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. But back to the dad right now. Just be aware that this little people call the girl, your yeah. daughter, mm-hmm. is gonna. She's gonna be the one. If your wife dies, it's gonna take care of you. So you, you need to do. Yeah. You need to treat her. You need to treat her well here. Because if you right got now, a disease, yeah. you can have all the money in the world. But when you're stumbling around in the living room, you know who's gonna be there. Ninety-nine percent of the caregivers right. is that adult daughter. Yeah, yeah. treat Absolutely. her nice. <laughs> but I think you just gave. Wow. You know, as we wrap up, you gave so much hope there that, you know, for the mom or the dad that's listening that this has not been the language they've been speaking. And maybe their son or daughter is four or five, or maybe they're 25 or 35, and they're thinking, man, I just feel so much shame. I blew it. I blew it five minutes ago when I yelled at my son or whatever it may be. It is never too late 
to apologize, yeah. to turn the other direction, and just to start asking questions. Did that sound disrespectful to you? Because that was not my intent. Yeah. Like you can provide so much healing and so much change in relationship by just asking those simple questions. Yes. I think you yeah. talk about that a lot. Of it's not too late. Don't feel, especially with boys. Like you, they're strong. They've got. A, there's grace there if you've yeah. not been doing it right. You're not damaging them. You yeah. can you can change now. Yeah. Exactly. It takes. It really takes a lot to damage. You've got to violate sexual abuse. It takes a lot. You get physical violence. But if you if you are just you know you're 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 being responsible every front. You're tired. You're stressed out. You say something you shouldn't have said. Yeah. yeah. And you go back and say I was wrong. You know there was one father that overdisciplined yeah. uh, his two sons. He was upset. He overdisciplined them. He actually whacked them on the rear end way too hard. And then he was feeling horrible, and he comes in. The one boy's on top of the bunk, the other's down, and he's. And the dad is. I was. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I, I should. I overreacted. I hope you can forgive me. And, and when he went in, he, he went in. And said, I need to talk. He, he could sense his sons just when they went tight. So yeah. they closed off their spirit yeah. to protect. That's what happens. Is what I did to my dad yeah. and his rage. Just I just tightened up. Just close off. Yeah. So he could sense his boys were both tight. And he said, I'm so wrong. I'm so wrong. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I was unloving. Can you forgive me? I, and he, dad really was, you know, being honest. He was, And then suddenly this little hand, six-year-old, starts patting him on the back and oh. says, it's okay, daddy. We all make mistakes. Oh. And that's wow. what kids will do. Kids yeah. are very forgiving wow. if they hear their mother tongue. Wow. Mothers, speak the respect word. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Forgive me for being disrespectful. Does it make sense to you? Trust me. Dads, use the word loving. I'm not trying to be unloving. I'd die for you. I would die for you. But I, mm. I've got issues. My own dad has no excuse. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Will you forgive me? Oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. Emerson, thank you so much over the top for your time. We have been overly blessed already. And I know that those listing will. If you haven't picked up the books, both the books will be linked in our episode description. I hope this brought a lot of hope, help, and healing, as is the point of our ministry. And so uh, thanks again, Emerson. And that's a wrap for this season, everyone. We just want to say thank you so much for listening in. We're going to take a small break and gather some more content and conversations, but we could not be more thankful for how well this little experiment went. You know, we started this idea of having a podcast to see if it would be something that's helpful, and uh, you all have been so affirming that this has been something that has not only been needed but wanted. Thank you for all the comments and reviews. And we encourage you to continue to share this because the point of this is to just continue to bring hope, help, and healing to families all over the world. So we want to say thank you for listening to this season. The next season is going to be coming up soon. Check out our social media for that or our website, intentionalparents.org, and we'll be letting you know that information soon. But thank you for following this story, and thanks for listening in. We'll have some more content soon.